Hey everyone, Uncle Tickles here, back from Ice and FireCon, safe and sound, and this was probably uh, my favorite year yet. I rave about the event all the time, but I, you know, I just want to mention it again because the organizers outdid themselves. Uh, there was a band, a new musical, uh, David G. Peterson, the creator of the Dothraki language, the sign language from Dune, uh, and uh, High Valyrian as well, uh, was there, which was uh, you know amazing to hear him talk. And something you may not associate with A Song of Ice and Fire, but there were the world's best empanadas. And not only were they the world's best empanadas, but they were cooked by the Earth's sexiest bakers. It sounds like I'm making this up, but it's real. That actually happened. Um, but speaking of the organizers, today's guest is the founder of the event, Tara Lynn. We're going to be talking about step-parenting. And this episode was recorded in February, uh, largely because, as you're about to learn, she's a busy woman, wears lots of hats. Organizing Ice and Fire Con is just one of the many things she does when she's not doing her 9 to 5. She's also a published author, host of multiple webcasts, a gamer, uh, kind of, and uh, most importantly, a kick-ass stepmom. So uh, in a second, we're going to give you the full interview uh, edited a little bit with Tara. And uh, before you get that, please head over to our Instagram page at the new dad pod uh, and check out some pics from this year's ice and fire con as well as some pics of uh, our guests today. Uh, don't forget new dad is still looking for our first patron on Patreon. So head over there and uh, be number one at something in your life today. Uh, so let's go tickle monsters. I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Our interview with Tara is coming up, but first, Probcost, take us away. This is your host, Uncle Tickles. I'm here with Tara Lynn. She is a woman who wears a lot of hats. Uh, today, primarily, we're going to be talking about her role as a step-parent, a fairly new role. Um, but Tara, introduce yourself to our audience and, and tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm Tara Lynn. I can be found literally everywhere on the web at a geek saga. I mean, I'm talking, that's my tag everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, even TikTok lols. <laughs> so, so that's where you could find me. Uh, I am an author. I've published two books. I actually, weirdly enough, this month, February, uh, 2022 is the fifth anniversary of my second book, which is called how to start living in the zombie apocalypse. So I've got this whole shtick plan for this month, um, starting probably this weekend with where I'm just going to be promoting that because, oh my God, it's been five years since I published this book. <laughs> uh, I also organize ice and fire con, which is how you and I know each other. That's right. Uh, which is a game of the virtual shirt right now. 
Oh my gosh, it's so weird because I almost put that on. And then I was <laughs> that like, would have been awkward. That would have been awkward. Yeah. Then I was like, no, like I'm gonna wear something not ice and fire. <laughs> There you go. I, I did it for us. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I organized Ice and Fire Con, which is a Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire convention. We were actually the first one of its kind in the United States. Uh, our first year was 2013. So this year is actually our 10th year. April of this year is our 10th convention year. It is not our 10th year in person. Obviously, we've been virtual the past two years, but we are back in person finally in right. april of this year so i'm very excited about that congratulations on the five-year and the 10-year anniversaries oh uh, gosh and i can't wait to be back in person again let oh, me tell wow. you it's gonna be huge it's gonna be big, <laughs> really big uh and i also do my own i i basically do webcasts live webcasts which i then turn into podcasts so you can view my two webcasts one is called the geek saga webcast on my YouTube channel. And the other is Sagas and Sass, which is a genre lit webcast. And they do get turned into podcasts, but they're also live. So yes, like you said, many, many hats. And those are just like my extracurriculars. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's not even, you, you have a full-time job that pays the bills as well. That, yes, that, that we I, do, I do, I do. So that's on top I, of everything. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Enough to I, feel I, someone I, lazy. I No, don't. I sleep very little and I'm stressed all the time. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, 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 you know, even from afar, I can sense the level of stress sometimes with, you know, all the stuff you're juggling. Um, and, and, you know, if you're a listener of New Dad, you've heard us talk about Ice and Fire Con uh, quite glowingly. It was, you know, <laughs> 2019. It was one of our uh, favorite things of 2019 that we did. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've had a number of Ice and Fire Con related content creators on New Dad and the, the, uh, the movie club. So um, you, know, you guys might be familiar with, with some of the talk about that. Um, question about the zombie apocalypse book. Uh, is that just pretty straightforward? Is that just a guide of how to, how to survive the zombie apocalypse? And uh, if so, you know, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that book and how that came to be? Uh, so it is not a guide. It is a novel. It, oh, is, a novel. First, okay. it is a first person novel. Um, it's actually kind of funny because I started writing it in gosh, November, 2013. And originally it was basically, it was like every chapter started with a rule about how to survive the zombie apocalypse. I had never seen zombie land. So I was like, I saw Zombieland, I think like a year later. And at this point I was still, I hadn't even finished writing the book. Um, right. I'd started writing it during National Novel Writing Month, November, 2013. <laughs> so I was like, oh shoot, um, I can't do it this way. So I had to kind of change uh, how I did things. But yeah, it is a first person novel. It's a, it's it's honestly kind of very, if you know me in person, it's very me, It's it's very snarky and sarcastic at times. And I want to say it's dark, but in like a funny way, but even that might not be true. It's hard for me to separate <laughs> myself from it. You know, sure. so, I, I, I can't imagine. Well, yeah. It, it took me about two. Oh gosh. No, it was 2013. It took me close to three years to finish it. And then about probably eight or nine months to get it through several rounds of beta readers and edits and everything. So it was published um, February 17th, 2017. 
I mean, that's incredible because, I mean, that's become kind of a cliche. People talk about writing their novel, right? You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, you did it and not only did it, but you got to publish. So uh, if you're listening, go out and pick up that book. Uh, I know I, I'm probably going to end up, is it, I imagine you can get it on Amazon or. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Amazon uh, can, as Kindle or paperback. And you can also get it online, uh, Barnes and Noble uh, as a paperback. So it's, um yeah, that's where it's available. <laughs> awesome. And also, like, honestly, if you follow me uh, across, like, if you follow me on literally any any <laughs> social media this month, I'll be posting the links constantly. But I also have um, some pretty, some new content that should be coming out. I'm hopefully this weekend, but I, I'm, I've been working on some prequel, like little prequel stories. I'm thinking about actually publishing them as an anthology if I write enough of them, but oh. yeah, so I, I, I'm going to be posting some excerpts and whatnot. Of Just not busy stuff. enough. Not no, enough. yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I'm not busy enough. So put another thing on that I'm, plate. That's right. Of course I'm writing in my free time, <laughs> free time. What is that? Well, you know, I said, you know, we're going to focus on your role as a step parent today. Uh, how long have you been a step parent? Cause it's fairly new for you, right? Uh, so I mean, legally, legically, yeah, months, legally. you know, months. right. But, um, I mean, I've been living practice, with, yeah. yeah, I've been living with Dean and the kids. Uh, it was actually a year uh, in January, early January, uh, 2021 was when I moved, uh, out to California from South Carolina. So, and I've been back and forth quite a bit. I do go back to South Carolina usually for weeks at a time, just because I still have my home and my friends and my family there. And I really miss it. <laughs> California is California's fun, but I really miss it. And I'm only out here because one of the kids is still in high school. So. Right. Well, and, and that, I mean, I was going to say that was a huge move for you. I, I remember kind of seeing you go through that and, uh, and thinking, wow, that's a big step. And, and, and being really proud that it was something that you did and you seemed to be very happy with it. Um, how many kids are you the step parent of and, and what are their ages? You said one's in high school. Uh, yeah. So there's just two. Mm-hmm. Ben is going to be 21 tomorrow. <laughs> I'm very excited. About, is- I am very excited about this. Like we've been, we've been out, you know, like I, I personally am not his legal parent. I am not a legal, you know, uh, I've not adopted them. Right? right. But like, we've, we've been out and like, there's places we've been where they allow like your parent to buy you drinks or whatever. So like when we went to new Orleans and we got married back in December, Ben was able to come out with us and drink with us. Uh, most awesome. places, honestly. Yeah. Right. So they did. They, it was more like once you got in a place, it, they didn't care. I think who was <laughs> buying the drinks. So right, as yeah. long as the, the actual parent was there. So I definitely, right. you know, bought him some drinks. He and I had some late nights together, just the two of us, which was fun. Weird, a little bit weird, but a little bit fun. A lot. No, that, that's awesome. A little bit weird, well, a lot fun. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, you know, uh, you know, one thing that's drawn me to ice and fire con and to you as a person is, you know, you have a, a, a clear love for fun, you know, and you like to take things, I think, to a, a level and add enthusiasm and extra levels of flair, and, you know, and uh, you're creative, you know, there's themes. So I, I imagine, you know, I, again, you as a step parent, probably very likable to your stepchildren. Um, although, we'll, you know, we'll get into there's sort of some challenges in, in stepping into that role. Do you guys have anything really cool or fun planned for the 21st? Or is it kind of just 
uh, pretty low key? Well, it's low key for right now because it's his, I believe, first official anniversary with his girlfriend. Oh, too. so we're shout we're, out to Ben and his girlfriend. Yeah, lots of so anniversaries all across the board. So, what do you guys have planned other than that, or is that? It? Well, we're just we're taking the two of them out to dinner on Saturday. I, I his girlfriend is younger. I, I believe uh, yes. she's. I believe she's 19. Okay. She could be 20. I don't mm-hmm. know for sure. Like I, I spent tons of time with her, but I've never really asked her right. age or anything. That's weird. Sure. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be laid back. But I, I told Dean, um, I think it was like a last weekend or whatever, when we were first talking to Ben about making plans for this weekend for his birthday, I said, you know, that we're taking him to Vegas sometime within the next few months, right? We live three and a half hours from Vegas. We are oh my God. going, yeah. and we, we've all been together, but that was last summer. Uh, and different. it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we didn't, um, we were just, it was a family trip. I mean, the youngest was there too. So yeah. Well, so I this feel time, like if, if he was drinking with you guys in new Orleans, right? Like that's a pretty, I mean, that that probably is pretty much like he's he you got to see you guys got to hang out and like you said you guys had a late night so um perhaps yeah doing like the the big 21st thing is not yeah such, and such he's a not really deal. he's big not drinker. really a big drinker either um Good for ben i, I like the so, sound of ben the more and more i hear about no, him i like him granted granted he hasn't been 21 so you know. <laughs> true, true, and he, true he also didn't he didn't go to college he uh he got a really good job kind of he graduated high school the end of 2019 and it was one of those back and forth like do I want to go to community college or whatever and then the pandemic happened and turned everything on its head and he decided he didn't want to go to college kind of because of that um so he ended up getting a really good job instead and is in a union and you know just kind of gets to live his life um but because he didn't go to school it's it's uh I, I feel like he's never going to have, uh, unless I eventually convince him to go to Ice and Fire Con or Dragon Con, he's <laughs> never going to have like that. That experience? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I Some people would happily trade uh, that experience for their college debt, you know? So he won't have that. Yes. So that's kind of nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big nice. plus because yeah. <laughs> there, ain't, there plus. ain't no money here for that. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um and then you you know you had mentioned there's uh, another in high school. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, so Camden is 15. He turned 15 in November. He is a little over halfway through his sophomore year. So uh, they are your new stepchildren. Now the the reason I wanted you uh, to come on for this episode uh, in large part was not just you know the the fact that uh, you know I admire you as a person, but um, I thought your journey to being a stepmom was was kind of interesting because. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, we're friends on social media. I, I, you know, I see, you know, some of the things you say. And and, and I remember at one point, um, it's seeming very clear to me, and being an outsider looking in, uh, two things. One, you were not really uh, thinking you would ever be married again. And it didn't look like you ever were looking to be a parent. Is that accurate? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, I don't, I'm not going to go into any sort of detail totally. about my first marriage. It wasn't it, like it was, listen, it wasn't bad. And right. I am still actually very close friends with my ex-husband. Um, so it, it, it took some time after we split for us to get to this point. I'm glad we did because we were friends before we got married, but 
it was just one of those things where after having been married, I had this sort of realization that there was no point in it. Uh, unless you really, in my mind for a long time, unless you really needed to be married because you needed to be on that other person's insurance, for instance, good reason, or because you had kids together and you wanted everything to be copacetic, like legally, because it is a pain to be honest, not being a, you know, I guess it might be different if, if you're both, uh, biological parents of a child. But for me, it's been, there's been times when it's been like Dean gets a call at work because Cam needs to be picked up from school and I'm not on the list, you know, type of thing. Right. So, um, but yeah, it, it was, it was one of those, like, I, I get that it's cool. Like other people want it. Other people are into it. Other people, you know, love being married, but for me, it never felt necessary. I could take care of myself, right? you know? then maybe that's a bad way to put it because it makes it sound like, oh, like you're only getting married because you can't take care of yourself. But for me personally, for me personally, I, and again, I do not judge anybody for being married or wanting to be married. Obviously now I can't, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you know, previously it's like, if you want that awesome for you, but I kind of felt like I needed to have my own autonomy. And while I understand obviously now that there are relationships and, and marriages in which you can have that I hadn't really felt a lot of that in my previous relationships. So would you have classified yourself as like a serial dater? I mean, did you have a lot of single time or, or did you kind of go from a lot of relationships to relationships? It was a lot of relationships to relationships. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I never really got the whole dating thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I never enjoyed like serial it. monogamy. It was, it, it, most of the people that I ended up in relationships with were people I was friends with for a while beforehand. Gotcha. So there's yeah, serial monogamy, but also not even like jumping into a relationship, but ending up in a relationship with somebody I had known for a while. I mean, like I said, my, my ex-husband and I, we actually went to high school together. So right. we were, not friends per se in high school, but we were friends after high school and friends for years before we ended up together. And I mean, this leading into this current relationship, Dean and I were also friends for gosh, a year and a half or so before we started actually dating. So. And and that's, and and that is kind of interesting too, because was the friendship yeah, I, I imagine it existed outside of the video game Red Dead Redemption, but it seems like a lot of it, uh, you know, centered around that. Is, or, is, or is that just a misconception as me as an outsider? Um, <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we met, actually, we met at San Diego Comic-Con 2018. It was a really weird situation where... I was there. Uh, I was I was there as a pro, and Chloe, also from Ice and Fire Con, yep. was also there as a pro because she was there to speak on the Game of Thrones panel with me. I, like we we needed people to speak that year for the first time. We had open spots on our panel, and I was like. <laughs> Okay, well, I know who I'm asking. Right. <laughs> Chloe, first and foremost. So Chloe came with me and roomed with me and. Uh, the Friday night of San Diego Comic-Con that year, one of my 
uh, coworkers, quote unquote, from a website I used to write for, The Geekiary, had a pass to an industry party. It was a lost in space party, actually. <laughs> and she felt sick and she didn't want to go. So she asked me if I wanted the pass instead. And I said, yeah. And of course I couldn't leave Chloe behind. So I put out an APB, Hey, does anybody know, you know, how I can get Chloe into this as well? And a friend of mine was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to pass that. I've got an extra person. Fine. So we got in and we're there for a little while and she, and Dean is there and she knew Dean from Dragon Con which is this whole weird roundabout thing because I had never met Dean at Dragon Con, even though we ran in so many of the same circles. I had never met him in person. So Chloe introduced us and we ended up, we were talking that night and we, I don't remember if it was that night or the next night, but we started talking about Red Dead and turns out we're both, you know, huge fans of Red Dead, super excited for the new game to come out in October. So it was like, we didn't meet because of it, but we, became over it yeah yeah i mean the whole time like the game i mean we we bonded over other things prior to that obviously because it was several months between comic-con and when it came out but you know we by the time the game came out we were already like basically best friends and then the game came out and it was just like our life was back and forth with each other because neither one of us had many friends that were also playing it so, and then when Red Dead Online launched at the end of that year, so end of 2018, it was just, it was all downhill from there. His son was playing it. His older son, Ben, okay. was playing it as well. So, you know, not only was this like building my friendship with Dean, but I got to know his older kid as wow. well through Red Dead Online. Yeah, it was, it's a really like, you wouldn't well, put, expect it, but yeah. So put gaming in the in the title of hats that you wear, or gamer, I should say, in the yeah. title of hats you wear. I, I have to ask, how much of choosing New Orleans as a destination to get married had to do with Red Dead Redemption? Uh, and I'm, not, oh, and I'm yeah. not trying to make this a Red Dead Redemption podcast, but <laughs> but you know, it isn't. It's part of the the story. You're a stepmother because you married Dean, and in large part, you know this. This video game, Red Dead Redemption, played a, a, a part in your love story, which uh, you know, well, we talk about. So we um, we went to New Orleans for my birthday in 2019, and at that point, uh, he had been apart from his ex-wife for a bit. Um, and and let me be very clear: when we first became friends, he was married, and you know we were just friends. Right. Um, my my, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, oh yeah, my oh, yeah. my dumbass fell completely in love with him. But I'm over here just like I mean, he's married. Like I I'm like I'm in love with my best friend. Like, but right. what am I going to do about it? Nothing. And this is your Literally pattern nothing. because you say you're you're you fall for people that you've been friends with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a little bit different though. Cause I had never totally. fallen for somebody who was already in a relationship or let alone married Lord. So Fair of course enough. I'm, I'm sitting back here just like, I'm totally in love with this dude, but there's nothing I can do about it. It's fine. It's whatever. Mm. Um, but so we, uh, we went to New Orleans in December, 2019 for my birthday. And like, we had this just amazing trip together. I mean, we'd already, we had already kind of, uh, we'd spent time together a couple months before that. And, and we knew, you know, 
we knew it was going to happen at that point. He was apart from his ex-wife, right. obviously, and we knew that things were hap- had happened, were going to happen, whatever. Right. But this was where we were like, okay, we are in a relationship, right? And, um, you know, it was just, we, we literally chose New Orleans because, or well, I chose New Orleans because I was like, we need to go here and dress up in our Red Dead costumes because it's St. Denis, right? From Red Dead. So we need to go here and be those people and do this thing. And of course he was in total agreement. He loved it. So, you know, when it came time to plan our wedding, um, he had, his his parents live in Washington state and Texas. (laughs) And my family lives in South Carolina and most of our friends are kind of uh, East Southeast, Coast based. Yeah. Other than the friends we have here in California are East Coast based. I mean, m- most of my very close friends are in South Carolina. Right. So it was like, this is a perfect location. A, yeah. it's an amazing city. It's so much fun. Everybody wants to go to New Orleans, right? Right. And <laughs> B, it's you know easy for so many of our family and friends to get to, literally minus our California friends and his family in Washington State. So it was just this kind of obviously we're going to do it in New Orleans. I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, and and for those listeners that aren't familiar, uh, you probably have already gathered, but in the video game there is a, a city on the map that is pretty much based on New Orleans. So. Um, so yeah, and, and oh, it is like modeled yeah, after yeah. New Orleans. You can find places. I I have a whole list on my website. You can find exact houses and stuff and bars, everything that they yeah. We'll kind of rein it back in here a little bit. Um, <laughs> so you know you at this point you know you you and Dean are in a relationship. You've uh, you've been playing Red Dead with him and his his oldest son Ben, who is a. Uh, you know, uh, already a new dad favorite here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, in, at some point it becomes pretty clear that this thing is progressing. Uh, and you're like, I'm just going to turn my life upside down and I'm going to move across the country and, and, and go live with this man and his family. Um, you want to talk about just, I guess the journey from, Hey, this is fun. And we're dating to, um, I'm going to come and live with you and your kids. Well, it was kind of, we went back and forth a lot, honestly. Um, When, when the first, I, gosh, I don't know how many months we, after we started dating, it was kind of like, well, well, especially after the pandemic started, it was kind of like, well, Camden hasn't even been able to go to school, right? Like he has no, he has, he has like a one or two friends from middle school, but he hasn't made new friends. He hasn't made a life here, whatever. Uh, and I think that moving was possibly on the table if it wasn't. Yeah. Dean, Dean and them moving to the East coast was very much on the table. What happened was that his, uh, his divorce took a very long time. Uh, because of, I mean, the, the original thing was COVID they, well, first it was, gosh, uh, without getting into too many details <laughs> right. about the, the, about how they got separated and everything. Um, she walked out on her family. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when I say walked out, imagine like the worst thing you can possibly think of somebody doing. Yeah. It's and, juicy. 
it's probably yeah and and i would love to come back in a future episode no. after he has you can, finalized yeah. court stuff and she has hopefully moved out of state and talked about like, a thousand percent if, if you're ever able to <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to do like a live we're just going to have you back we'll yeah. just do like 20 20 minutes we'll just give people the, the hot poop on, real on what actually real hot. yeah but i mean imagine like imagine like a lifetime movie yes. but times maybe 10 and I, I told my wife about kind of like the gist of it. And, uh, and she was like, you might want to wait to have her on until she could talk about it. Cause it's that juicy, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. So, so, and, and when she walked out, I mean, she walked out. So there was, she wasn't helping pay for any bills. She was, she never paid a penny of child support. And I mean, still to this day, hasn't paid a penny of child support. <laughs> But, you know, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Uh, so, so you know, it, because of everything that was going on with that, there was absolutely no way for him to move his, you know, their minor child out of right. California. Yeah. Um, so it turned, and to be honest, like maybe, maybe we could have done a long distance thing a little bit longer than we did. But with the pandemic and everything, it just came to this point where, you know, you have to sit, I had to sit down with myself and say, what, what is more important to me right now? You know, being in this relationship, having this relationship be healthy and happy and finally really getting to, you know, know these kids to spend time with them outside of, you know, every couple months I go out there and see them for a couple days and, and knowing that he couldn't, you know, just pick up and move the way we'd originally hoped for and talked about was kind of, okay, you know what? I personally can pick up and move. My job has always, the job that I work, my day job had been remote since the, that company had been remote since 2012 years before I even joined them. All I have is my pets and they can go wherever. Cause he Dean thankfully owns his home out here. So there right. were no weird rules about coming out here with animals or anything right so uh i mean uh, how lucky is that because i i i remember my company considering going remote in like 2017 2017 or 2018 there was this big uh there's this big sit down and they were kind of considering and they were doing it just simply for like cash considerations really or you know the overhead of having uh to rent out a, an office space um, and they just, they ultimately decided they, they really wanted to keep this office, which in retrospect is, you know, like they're kick, I'm sure they're kicking themselves over it. Uh, you know, the company doesn't even exist anymore, uh, you know, as it is, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, great, great for you and your company that you're able to do that. Um, and, and also great that you guys have this, you know, flexibility. I, I, I think we'll talk about this too here in a little bit, but, um, you know, most people, when they come into, you know, when they start their journey as a parent, right, uh, you, ha you have 18 years at the very least before your kid is potentially out of the house and you can start thinking about these, uh, you know, uh, you know, having certain flexible options or, and I, you, you still have the, the flexibility to move, you know, when you have a child, but, you know, it becomes a lot more complicated. Um, but, you know, you know, you come in and you have uh, just, you know, like you said, it's 15 high school, 
you'll be out in 18 and then you guys can kind of figure out what you want to do and uh or if you guys want to stay that's something you guys no, can do no no no. <laughs> no that's yeah that's Not already happening. like we haven't we have a very specific timeline camden graduates high school dean gets his pension november of that same year so we're out <laughs> well, uh, california is really expensive <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, again nice to have that flexibility yes. um in, in a very short period of time you go from being someone who's thinking you know hey uh i don't really foresee marriage as something for me and you know, i certainly don't see you know being a parent and now you're you, you know now now you are married and 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 you have uh you know two, two stepchildren so uh i want to kind of go back uh, backwards before we go forwards you know i and hear a little bit about how your own parents and your own family life perhaps shaped you uh and the views you had um now that you're kind of entering this this role and you know you have kids who you're looking for acceptance and also uh you know at, at in a time where you know as you said their mother walked out on them i'm sure it's extremely difficult for them they're going through uh you know, a, a lot of different emotions, like I can only imagine. Um, so what was it about, you know, your own childhood and parents that you kind of uh, drew inspiration on at this point, or what were able to lean on? So generally, I mean, just to like, walk it back a little when it, yeah. me not wanting to have kids was always about you know, honestly, I didn't want to be pregnant and I didn't want to give birth and yeah. I didn't want to deal with a screaming baby. Uh, I just don't, I didn't want any of that. Um, there was a brief period of time when I first married my ex-husband where I, like we talked about it. He really wanted kids. I think I still to this day think he wanted them for the wrong reasons. Not going to get into that, but <laughs> you know, we talked about it and I said, listen, like I am, possibly amenable to this, but we got to discuss it in like, you know, five years. Cause at the, at that time, I think I was, when we got married, I was, oh my God, 27, 20, 27 or 28. I was around there. So not young, but old enough to know that like since 15 years old, I've been like, I don't ever want children. So, you know, it, for me, it was like, but, but at the same time, after, you know, my, with my ex-husband, like we had talked about, okay, well, if you don't want to get pregnant, give birth, all that stuff that you just are really just ugh about, to be honest, right. uh, is it, a, are you anti-children or anti-kids? Absolutely not. Like I, I, I was one of those people where I was like, I will, we can have foreign exchange students, or I will adopt a kid who's like, 10 years old right. or several kids yeah. who are like in that like <laughs> eight to 15 range. You know, I, I just don't want to deal with the early crying baby thing. I'm sorry. I need my sleep. Yeah. no, no. <laughs> This hey. is also why I adopt a, like I adopt dogs adopt, who are yes. already adult dogs and don't get puppies. <laughs> well, yes. And I thought, and then, and, and I don't, a, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that any, and I commend you for just being self-aware enough to know that, right? Because I think a lot of people would probably fall into the societal pressures to feel like that's what they need or or even convince themselves, well, hey, if I'm okay with a the kid, then why not my own kid, right? Uh, you know, I, I think that's commendable. And uh, and how great that you find the, you know, 
and, and maybe even more so like reinforcing that this is the right person. This is the right scenario for you. Right. Because here's mm-hmm. someone that, uh, you know, helps you believe in love again. And then also, you know, has kids and at the ages they are, I imagine he's probably not interested in having more kids, you know? Um, <laughs> right. So, I mean, he's almost, he's at the home stretch. He sees the light at the tunnel at the end of the tunnel. He's, uh, you know, yeah, he's not trying to go back to the finish line. Or, well, or Dean line. is, Dean is, he loves kids. Now don't get me wrong. If yeah. something happened and well, right. Yes. You know, it, 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 I'll be honest, it would be on me to be like, mm-mm. <laughs> no, I'm still, I still don't want yeah. this. And he would right. be like, are you sure? Cause I'm totally okay with it. But, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, he, he, so it's not even so much a light at the end of the tunnel thing for him. He, I mean, I'll he's be just probably very content with where he's at. Right. And yeah. I mean, and, and he also, you know, he got brought into my family and I have five nieces and nephews. Um, <laughs> my oldest niece is 15. She's actually about a month older than Camden is. Okay. And then after that, I have a 12 year old nephew, a what year is it? a 10 year old niece, a almost, oh my gosh, an almost seven year old nephew. And uh, my youngest niece is about three and a half. So, you know, he got to meet all them and it's like, he gets all the, like, I love little kids and, and, you know, he gets all of that <laughs> because he loves I mean, I love my nieces and nephews so much, but I love them because I can give them back. <laughs> For sure. No, there's a so. Well, and, and I tell my, I, I tell Lita all the time that like, you know, if we waited, cause we had, I mean, we were, I was 37 when we had Shep. Right. And I was like, if we waited like two more years, I don't know that I like, and I, we really wanted kids. Right. But I was like, if we had waited any longer, I just might've been, in a point in my life where I was just happy and content with the life I had made. And when you've gone that long, it just, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes there's just like a, a point of no return. I think where you're like, I've just lived this life for so long. I'm just happy with it. I don't, like you said, like, I like my sleep. I like this. I like that. I, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, so, you know, your parent, your your own parents, your own childhood. You you mentioned you grew up in a rural part of Connecticut. Um, you know what was your childhood like? What were your parents like? And and I guess what parts of them do you see in yourself now as a step parent? So I uh, I love my parents very much. Mm-hmm. I'm very very close with my mother. I uh, when we were younger, my parents were always very strict. So are I they religious that. by chance? Oh yes. Okay. Just, I mean, and that's not me being judgy. That's just like, I, I tend to see a correlation between, uh, you know, the belief in religion and and strictness. Uh, yes. Okay. You're not wrong there. Um, and, and, but the thing is like, I, I had very few problems. It it was my dad, not my mom that, that, you know, there were issues with growing up in terms of strictness. Uh, cause the weird thing was, cause my mom was the one who made all the decisions. And like, you ask dad, if you could do something, he's like, go ask your mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Ask your dad for something, go ask your mom. But, uh, you know, I, I, I love my parents very, very much. Mm-hmm. The past couple or past, uh, five or six years have been very, very trying. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, what I took away, I think from my childhood 
however, was despite how strict they could be at times, was their general acceptance of us as people, my sisters and I, because I have two younger sisters, so I'm mm -hmm. the oldest. And it was like, okay, my dad really, really, really wanted us to be like sporty. He, he played basketball. He played, I don't know, baseball. He played all these different sports in high school and college. And he wanted us to be sporty. And he literally went so far as to say, tell me if you try out for basketball and you get on the team, I will give you money. So I did that. Right. I tried out for the team and I got onto the team, but I didn't want to play basketball. He still right. had to give me money. <laughs> he was like 50 bucks or something, which in 1996 is a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so after the fact, when I said, you know, no, I want to, I want to sing. I want to be in theater. They were super supportive, came to every one of my concerts, every one of my shows. And, um, also, they were very, like, there was never anything about playing favorites. My sisters and I are all very different. I was a perfectionist who, you know, if I didn't get an A, I was, like, freaking out about it, you know, back in yeah. high school. Um, my middle sister, she is a very smart person. She has been super successful in her life as an adult, but she was never good at school, but they never made her feel less about that, you know? Uh -huh. So, you know, as much as I have some issues with the constrictions and whatnot that were put on us because my parents were religious and strict, whatever, um, they, they were always very good about, let's be honest, the really important things. Mm -hmm. So this is something I, I do feel comfortable sharing. Um, uh, Dean's youngest Camden is trans. And, um, but when we, when I first started dating Dean, uh, he was, she and, uh, Samantha, like Samantha is his dead name. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately my family knew him as Samantha, you know, just from me talking to them and everything. So that's, that's been a bit of a struggle. Um, my parents are the only ones who have met him and they actually were, you know, fine with the proper, you know, pronouns and everything in person. It's a little bit hard when I talk to them because they're just like, it's like, you can just see them rolling their eyes, you know, mm. like, and, and like, they'll say she, and that's it, it. But for me, it's like, is it really worth arguing about right now? You know what Correct. I mean? Yeah. Well, um, and, and, but it is like a little bit infuriating if they're willing to do it oh, to Camden's oh, face and then switch well but they, yeah yeah it's it, it's a lot infuriating yeah, but also I'm just like for right now place. I'm just not gonna right <laughs> argue about it too much I'm glad that they I'm glad that they were good about it in person because I think right at this point that's what matters right but. you're like well I mean I, you're, I'm not asking for a lot thanks for giving me that little bit but uh yeah <laughs> at, at a later point in time we're gonna have to uh, process bridge um, yeah pretty much that's well you know and unfortunately that's what the last you know like six years have ha, has done i think is uh it's only kind of brought a lot of these uh you know i think we've all probably had people close to us who have harbored these sort of ideas or feelings it's just they've become 
uh, more magnified over the last six years. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where this is a little bit like getting ahead of ourselves, I think, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I think I've just had a really, like, I've been a really good thing. Um, not to like pat myself on the back or whatever, but I, you know, I, 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 I had, I, I mean, I didn't play Red Dead with Camden like I did with Ben, mm-hmm. but when Dean and I would play Red Dead, sometimes Camden would be like in the background. And I remember there was this one thing where, uh, Dean kind of had like an aside conversation where he was talking about Harry Potter with Camden and he was like, Oh, I'm talking to my friend Tara. She's a Hufflepuff. And Camden was like, Oh, Hufflepuffs are great. And I was like, <laughs> ah, yay. <laughs> um, but after the fact, it's like, you know, he, he came out as trans. Gosh. Uh, I think that we had, I think it was November 20. 20- 20 actually. So we've been dating for nearly a year, but because I'd only been around him, you know, maybe half a dozen times, it was so easy for me to just like, I don't think I've ever, you know, used the wrong pronouns with him. Right. It was just an automatic, like, okay, he's, you know, it, it's harder with people that, you know, for a really long for sure. time, for sure. Yes. Like I've, yeah. I've certainly struggled with that, even with like my non-binary friends uh, yeah. But with Camden, it was like, okay, nope, this is it. And he has like said several times, you know, that it's, he loves that I don't use the wrong pronouns and everything or call him Samantha or Sam instead of mm-hmm. Camden or Cam. And which is also hard because it's like, they're, they're close, you know, phonetically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that in that respect, you know, me coming into a household that mm, used to have a Blue Lives Matter flag hanging outside <laughs> of their house because the ex was a uh, wannabe cop. Uh-huh. <laughs> like she went through police academy, but then worked as like a security guard or something. Oh. <laughs> so they had like a Blue Lives Matter flag hanging outside of their house. And Camden was like, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Uh-huh. I was like, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy this giant hate has no home here sign and post it right in front of the house in the planter. That's right. We're going to grab them by the ballots. Uh, <laughs> little placard. Well, our neighbors, our neighbors have like Black Lives Matter and, you know, like pride flags like stuck in their yard and i was like i like you immediately yeah, you, well it, it i mean yeah it helps it, it helps you know for for profiling purposes 100 percent. yeah i immediately feel more comfortable with that house over there um so i i guess you know just hearing you talk a, a little bit about it i mean so in in my house growing up you know my dad was stricter than my mom certainly um and as a product of that, I think that, you know, my mom certainly was kind of like the, not, not quite the fixer, but, you know, it was like the good cop, bad cop, certainly the good cop in that, in that relationship. Um, your mom sounds like she maybe played a, a similar role. So um, let's maybe hone in on her and, and talk about maybe some qualities that you picked up from your mom that it, it sounds like, because again, you just, a, the little bit that you're giving us about your relationship with Cam. Uh, sounds like you know you're a great stepmom, a great you know parent in general. Um, so so what is it about your mom that that you try to embody? Well, I mean, let me say this: like, I feel 
I feel less like Cam's stepmom and more like his friend, right? For and sure. I don't, okay. I don't mean that in like a, you know, I would never. I, there's absolutely been times, very few of them, but there have been times where I've had to say, okay, nah, you're being an asshole here, kid. Like <laughs> you got to step it back a little right. bit. But, you know, I think that my relationship, my relationship with my mother and who she is as a person, just being, like I said, that sort of, uh, I, I I don't even know. Like the thing is, my dad was very hands off until he wasn't, and when he wasn't hands off, he was the worst. <laughs> um, my mom was very hands on, and she could be, you know, tough at times too, but never in the respect of like making me feel like less of a person or you Just know, judging more in like me. a micromanaging way. Yeah, 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 I think that was probably it. She was yeah. she she. It was more about like do your chores, keep your room clean, clean your bathroom, you know, make your bed, uh, you, you be home at a decent time. Like you have a curfew. It's, it's 10 or 11 o'clock on. It was on never weekends. personal. Yeah. And, and, but also my mom is a very, she's just, she's actually super introverted. Mm-hmm. It, the like my dad is the extroverted one like i think i got my extroversion from him cuz my mom is very introverted but she also she her her childhood and her family history was very tough um her mother my my grandmother who is the only grandparent i have who has actually passed away i still had three living grandparents which is crazy uh but she had a very terrible childhood. She, her parents had too many kids and they sent some of them off to foster care. My grandmother was one of them and she had very abusive foster homes. And my grandmother carried that trauma into her parenthood. I'm not saying she was a bad parent or, you know, a a bad grandparent by any means, but there were definitely issues there. And my mom did everything she could to combat that. You know, she saw what her childhood was and she was the person that said, I'm going to break that wheel. And she did that with my sisters and I, and that I think is the biggest thing that I take away from my parents because, you know, as much as I love them and I do think they, they were great parents. Um, there were issues that were there that didn't so much affect me as my younger sisters who were a lot more uh rebellious than I was. I I I never really became rebellious. Like by the time I was doing things my parents didn't like, I was already like 18 out and out of the house. And you know, so it's whatever. But you know, I my mom broke the wheel of abuse and you know, trauma from her childhood. And I am not saying that I was abused or traumatized by any means, but my job, I think with these kids is to break in that mini wheel of, you know, I'm not just stepmom, but if I was a parent, I, I want to be that parent that says, put Uber and Lyft on your phone and put my credit card on it. And if you ever need to get a ride from somewhere and you can't drive, you just order yourself an Uber or Lyft on my dime. I don't care. Right. 
well, you are a parent, you know, whether you, even if it feels like you're more of a friend, which, uh, you know, we can talk about that being perhaps an advantage of, of being a step parent, but you, you know, you are very much a parent to these children, um, you know, and I think that's important to acknowledge. Um, I, I, I think it's really interesting how different our back, you know, you, you know, my parents, uh, I, I just think it sounds like our backgrounds or our upbringings were very different, but also uh, I'm finding some of the parallels, uh, you know, kind of uncanny, uh, where, you know, kind of you talking about how it was like harder for your younger siblings, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, in my, my upbringing, it was much harder for my two younger sisters than it was for me. And it has nothing to do with them being more rebellious, although uh, I would say without a doubt one of my sisters was more rebellious um it just had to do with my mom's descent into alcoholism at that point you know like they when I was in high school uh it wasn't as bad it was just starting then um but then you know by the time they were getting into high school it was really bad um but also you know as I've already mentioned she was kind of the the peacekeeper the placator she didn't make things personal really uh you know, so there's a, a lot of similarities here as well as like just uh, with the stricter father as well. Um, I, I, I'm curious, were there any other mentors that you had growing up, uh, you know, or other just strong adult presence in your life that, you know, you think, you know, you, you've kind of drawn a little bit on, uh, upon now that you're in a, a position of an adult, uh, you know, kind of setting an example for younger kids? Um, I mean, weirdly enough, I, I, the church that I grew up in while being a Baptist church was not like this, like fundamental or Southern Baptist, uh, cause I grew up in Connecticut again. So being a Baptist <laughs> in new England is weird as fuck, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, that is, that sounds so bizarre to me, but it, it, probably for it, another but, podcast. Uh, yeah, most of my friends were Catholic and like they weren't yeah. even like I would invite them to like, you know, we're just going bowling with the youth group. Like there's no preaching or anything about this, but they weren't even allowed to go with us because they were Catholic and like can't possibly be maybe exposed. That's right. So, so yeah. But the people that the couple that ran our youth group, um they were well, there are some things, obviously, looking back now, the the whole like wait until marriage and, you know, if you if you give away your virtue, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, like all of that was nonsense. They did actually have some really good points about healthy relationships and, you know, not allowing people like not allowing somebody that you're in a relationship to control you. And there was a lot that they said and and did and, and they were also just a very, they were in a very healthy relationship, weirdly enough, you know, like, <laughs> right, like right. always were, are still married. Just, I, I'm friends with the, the wife on Facebook still, like, I don't agree with a lot of the things about <laughs> everything that I grew up with or whatever, but they were really good role models in a lot of senses. If, if I can, if I just like kind of push aside the whole like you know <laughs> virtue blah 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 bullshit yeah a lot of the i mean like anyway that's that's essentially my stance on religion which is if you can set aside most of it there are some good things in there um but I mean, that's- but they, i mean the, the thing is like 
they were very happy, healthy people. And they have continued even, I mean, God, I've been out of that youth group for 20 plus years and they've continued to be happy, healthy people. And have raised three daughters who appear to be happy, healthy people. Like I might not agree with some of the things that they taught back then, but they were still, I I still think they were good role models. And I still think I can, I, I honestly, I can say like a lot of the reason that I was as, I mean, I don't want to say straight laced in high school, but cause I, I wasn't totally straight laced, but a, a lot of the reason I held back from doing things that probably would have harmed me in one way or another were because of a combination, not just of my parents' strictness, but also of these people that I knew that were, you know, showing me what it was to be in a happy, healthy relationship. Yeah. They have respect for yourself and you know, yes, exactly. Their opinions probably mattered and helped you have a higher self-esteem a hundred percent. I think that's great. And, um, you know, who, what parent wouldn't want that for their kid, you know, is, is listening to you talk about that as a, as a parent, like I'm not a religious person, but if either of my sons found something like that, you know, in a youth religious group, I'd be more than happy. Um, I think that if we're like, when it comes to religion, honestly, as I came into adulthood, I, I, I haven't, to be honest, I, I can't remember the last time I went to church. It's been like six plus years. Um, but I did go, there was a church in my neighborhood. It was literally a block and a half from my house in Greenville. It was a Methodist church and they were part of the, um, reconciling ministries program, which is basically like, yes, we are a church. We believe in God. But we also believe that all people, all lifestyles, all sexualities, everything is, you know, should be welcome, you know, it, and that was really great because yeah. it was at a very dark time in my life back in like 2014, 2015, I was able to go there on Sunday and again, it was a block and a half of my house. Like, I don't think I would have driven miles and miles to go somewhere like that. But uh, it was it was really nice at that point to go to a church like that. So I think that it's less about finding religion or being religious than it is about going somewhere where you can hear somebody talk about because that's the thing, like they also like, yeah, sure. They, they read verses from the Bible and they sang there because Methodists are methodical. That's, you know, <laughs> yeah. the point. Uh, so it was like a lot of the things are the same things every Sunday, but the sermons were always about, you know, being accepting and being, you know, just part of a community and everything. And it, it, I, I, there are absolutely churches out there that are, uh, welcoming and good to that point if you're if you're if like one is willing to go to them personally at this point in my life I don't think I'm you know whatever and and Dean's kids unfortunately were raised strictly Catholic by a mother who then abandoned them so they are super anti-religion if not atheist but you know (laughs) well I mean like I think you hit on it when you were saying like hey you know the at the Methodist church you were going to, there were the, the sermons hit on, uh, you know, the sense of community, uh, which is what most people are looking for, you know, in, in church. Um, 
you know, and, and there's a sense of something mm-hmm. higher than yourself, right? And and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that for a lot of people, that's great. Um, you, you know, we, we certainly don't want to knock that here at New Dad. Um, and, uh, and how often you find that. But, you know, also if you feel the need not to do that, I think that's fine too. That, that means you're, you know, I think fulfilled in the life that you're living and, uh, mm-hmm. and that's a great thing too. Um, I do want to kind of go into some of the, you know, some, some of the wonderful and unexpected uh, that, that you've experienced as a step-parent. Um, so, I, you know, I guess just straight up, like when I think of being a step-parent, it's very uh, cinematically driven. I think of movies and, you know, most of those <laughs> yeah. paint, paint the, the step-parent, you know, I mean, it, you, you can go back further than movies, fairy tales, right? The evil step-parent is like a, it's a trope. It's a, it's a fantasy Oh, especially trope. the evil stepmom. Especially sure. yes. the evil stepmom. A thousand percent, right? <laughs> uh, Cinderella. Uh, so for you, you know, like, uh, I, it, it sounds, you know, in, I, I don't want to misrepresent things, but it sounds like you kind of hit the ground running. You, uh, you, you had a little advantage of, uh, of bio mom, you know, <laughs> taking off and, and, uh, and leaving everyone, you know, kind of high and dry. So, uh, you know, maybe there wasn't a, a, a ton of loyalty, you know, left over in the house towards her, but, um, you know, what have been the, 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 the more pleasant surprises for you as a stepmom? Um, I mean, honestly, like kind of all of it. Yeah. Uh, now granted, <laughs> right. I, I, again, like you said, um, you know, their, their biological mom, uh, without going into detail about what Mm. happened or anything, uh, when she took off, um, her, as far as I know, uh, her connection with Ben, the oldest son who was over 18 and therefore had no bearing on their divorce agreement, et cetera, was very minimal. So uh, there was very little, possibly next to no effort on her part for a long while, uh, to repair her relationship with him. And when she did try, I, I do feel like there was a lot of, you know, just him kind of not wanting it, not caring, whatever, uh, with Camden, um, there was very little effort still on her part to do anything about the relationship other than, yeah, it it was a really weird situation. And can I ask this because by all means, I, I know it's delicate. There's certain things we can't talk about, but do you think that Because you had mentioned they were really or they were raised in a very Catholic environment, in large part due to their mother. Um, oh, an entire part due to their mother. Okay, in, <laughs> entirely due to their mother. So um, I was raised in the Catholic Church. I've talked about that before. Uh, a new dad. I went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, and a Jesuit Catholic college. Um, so it's something I'm I'm 100 familiar with. Uh, Catholic guilt is practically my middle name uh <laughs> i'm what you know i it, so just based off all that i can't imagine i guess is what i'm trying to get around to is the uh, bio mom being very accepting of camden's uh you know 
coming out as as transgender and and uh so it, it has that been something that she's at least been open to respecting or no uh yes okay. i i mean um i she has a sibling who is, is also i don't i i, I honestly don't right. know for sure but okay. she has a sibling who is towing some sort of line in that respect Perfect. as far as yeah. i know just from what i've been told okay by dean um so she had experience with that sort of you know situation and so i i think you know I say that, but also I know that Camden did not come out to her. Oh gosh. Uh, it was, I knew for months before she did, let's say okay. that. Well, well, that was my big fear. Just hearing that, uh, you know, the mom is Catholic, you know, and knowing Catholics view on most everything Oops. Uh, was that, you know, he's in the situation where, uh, he can't tell his mom and, uh, you know, the, the silver lining is he has you right at, you know, comes into this life as, at this point where he's probably kind of, uh, feeling comfortable enough to come out and say this, um, you know, something he's probably been aware of for a while. Um, and you know, who knows how long, you know, it's probably a saving grace mm -hmm. that maybe you came into his life when you did, because, um, again, you know, I think, from what I've read and from uh, the people who I know who identify as transgender, who have talked to me, you know, as anecdotal as this is, it's something that for most of them that they've kind of been wrestling with, you know, for a lot of, for a long time, if not, you know, half of their lives by the time that they kind of have the courage and the comfort to say that out loud. So, um, so, you know, um, you, you, you kind of mentioned everything. Um, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and just, can, can I throw out two, uh, you know, um, uh, just elect two moments as, as possible, like the most uh, pleasant surprises of, of your time as a stepmom? Is that fair? Can mm -hmm. I do that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Can I, you know, so I'm, I'm going to say New Orleans, getting down late nights with Ben, and yeah, then, for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's gotta be a highlight, pleasant surprise. Like, what is going on? This is awesome. I'm a stepmom. I'm drinking with Ben. He's fucking rock. He's telling me, you know, we're we're bonding. And then also, I'm gonna say when you know Camden coming out to you. Yeah, I mean, Camden coming out to me was kind of like a. It was more like he had come out to Dean, and Dean said, you know. I think we need to tell Tara. And I think it was more about that. He was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Tell Tara. Like that. He was yeah. totally immediately like, yeah, obviously Tara is going to be okay with this. That was so great. That's the pleasant surprise is that it was just like a foregone conclusion to Camden. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, also, you know, then I moved out here just a few months later and he was still home. Uh, he was still virtual schooling. Right. So we sat across the desk from each other. <laughs> Because uh, obviously I had to turn off my video because it was yeah. freezing me or whatever. But they have this stupid office in their house. I hate this office, honestly. Like it's this ugly, it's, it's like I love it and hate it. I love the built-in bookcases and the built-in desk. But it's also this hideous like orange 90s color from 
whatever asshole built this house. <laughs> but it's this big, wide, I mean, like four, almost four foot wide desk. So we sat across each other and I would be working, you know, my day job working right. and he'd be sitting across from me doing school and just being across from each other for literally Eight every day, day. Right. like yeah. five days a for week. Sure. Uh, I mean, maybe not eight hours, but you know, mm -hmm. let's say five to six hours a day was like, this is like, it's, it's kind of like a coworker, you know, it, it, it's a, it, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it was, it's, it's like a coworker. It's, I don't know. It's having that person there in person. And I don't think that we would be as close as we are if it weren't for that, not saying sure. we wouldn't be close, but it was very much like. We're sitting, I mean, and throughout the day, like we're, you know, sharing random memes with each other and like, you know, whenever he's on a break from school or on a, I'm on a break from work, you know, we're having a little chat. I mean, I got to listen to his Spanish class. I don't know Spanish. I took French, right. but I got to listen to his Spanish class. And I just remember being like, I would love to be BFFs with your Spanish teacher freshman year <laughs> because she was amazing. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, it was a lot of like, I, I definitely think that that whole virtual schooling thing, again, it's just a weird timing. Oh my gosh. Like how did this work out the way it did thing? And I feel like that's kind of the epitome of like mine and Dean's relationship and my relationship with the kids is that it's all about timing. <laughs> well, I'll, I mean, a thousand percent, it seems like in, in your and Dean's case uh, and, 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 and in the kids, as we just kind of established, especially in Camden's case, timing. Um, but no, and like, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm listening to you explain this like scenario with you and Camden work, you know, working in, uh, doing school in the same office. And it, I think a lot of people, even if you're, you know, I, I don't know how many people listen that aren't parents, but if you are someone who happens to be listening, you can probably relate to this as far as being in a workplace environment where I've worked with much younger people and thought like, I'm just being exposed to so much and I'm exposing them. And like, kind of what, when you're talking mm -hmm. about the sharing of the memes and all that, uh, you know, I think very relatable, um, very, very cool. And I think, you know, this also kind of goes back to, you know, one of the questions that I, you know, I had next for you, which is, you know, well-established, you have a plethora of interests, whether it be pop culture or otherwise. And, uh, and I'm wondering how you think that these, uh, you know, these interests have helped you make inroads with, with, you know, with the kids, um, you know, and, and, or if you, and maybe you don't feel like that was a, a benefit to you. Um, so maybe talk about that a little bit. I think it's kind of a toss up. Um, yeah. so, you know, like I talked about how, when Dean and I were just friends, I played Red Dead online with him and Ben, uh, oh. back when Ben was like, still in high school obviously <laughs> which is so weird to think about um and you know there's been there's certainly been times where uh, actually back in december uh, dean was working like some overtime on weekends and cam was like hey you want to watch harry potter with me i haven't watched harry potter in a long time we both hate jk rowling for obvious reasons right. but like let's watch some Harry Potter. Like we own the movies. She's not getting any money <laughs> off of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's definitely been like some bonding because of that, but they also both have 
I, 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 they aren't necessarily interested in the things that we are interested in. I mean, Ben stopped playing Red Dead Online. I think before Dean and I were ever even in a relationship, actually probably several months <laughs> or longer before right. that. Um, Camden has this obsession with Minecraft and these like Minecraft streamers and watches them just all the time. And he's played a few videos for us. And one of them was funny. One. Okay, one. <laughs> the rest is just a bunch of children screaming into their mics about Minecraft, which I don't understand. Uh, have, have you showed him the uh, Folkwise episode where they play Minecraft? I have not. I think oh, I should do that. You need to do that. You need to do I that. I watched some Folkwise episodes, but I might have skipped that one because there's honestly, only I, one. I, I get, I get, well, I, yeah, I might, I must have skipped that one, honestly, because it said Minecraft. Yeah. And I was like, no, I've had enough of Minecraft. Well, I can and, and I know that Camden likes Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, I personally have never watched it. Don't hate. Uh, I yeah. well, I've watched like two episodes. I just never could get into it. Okay. Um, a lot of the stuff that we watch, Camden's like. Mm. I will say he introduced me to Encanto. Like, ooh, okay. In terms of, I wanted to watch it, but I just had kind of like put it off, put it off, and then he was like, "I watched Encanto. I like it. Can we watch it together?" And I was like, "Yes." And literally right before I came on. To record this podcast i was telling him about how i woke up in the middle of the night the other night and couldn't get we can't talk about bruno out of oh, my head yes. and then we started singing the songs together so you know there, there's little things like that um but they do have very different interests from us i mean we we watch star wars stuff and kim was like i don't there's too many things i don't know i'm going upstairs so <laughs> Is there anything that you've introduced them to that they've really gotten into? Uh, uh, you know, you've talked about what they've introduced you to. Um, not really. I, well, I mean, we did some months ago, we were, Dean and I had somehow discovered this really bad movie on Amazon Prime. I think it's called... Oh, Astro Zombies. That's what it's called. Astro Zombies M3 Cloned. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. I mean, hilariously, like, we'll never not laugh your ass off watching it. I've I've seen it like five times now. Uh, so we were watching, Dean, Dean and I randomly were like, we're going to watch a bad movie. And we picked it and the kids came downstairs, randomly came downstairs when we were maybe 20 minutes in what's the and, elevator pitch for this movie uh so it's these zombies that come from another planet who are somehow also dressed in like sweats with like playstation <laughs> logos on their right. shirt and right. there's a sex that. there's a quote-unquote <laughs> sexy scientist who is like i'm gonna yes like control make, make a way to control these zombies and then there's like the guy there's I like the brother scientists. of the guy the brother of the guy that originally found these zombies is like a drunk and he like he like comes to warn everybody about them but he's a drunk so they turn him away and then for some reason he i mean i'm sorry trigger warning but he kills himself it's but it, it i couldn't 
possibly describe to you the whole plot of this movie because it is so bad. It makes zero sense, but it actually went off. It was free on Amazon Prime and then it stopped being free. And I was like, uh, it's $2.99. I'm buying this so that I can always show it to my (laughs) friends because it's horrible. And the guy that created it had has actually created like a whole ton of movies that all kind of combine, like all of their storylines combine into each other. Well, so he's so created the universe. Yeah, yeah, but I don't want to call it a universe because all like all separately they don't okay. make sense, and it doesn't make any sense that they come together. Okay. So it's like a it's like a universe, but an anti-universe. Yeah. I don't know. It's oh. very bad. It's okay. so, but hilariously, like please watch it. Bad. So, so perhaps I'm just you know like we we may have to do a crossover episode and have you come on uh, the movie club. Yeah, I mean, and, and we may have to cover it. Uh, it. It would be it would be a thing. Would I'll be, be thing. honest, okay. because okay. this movie is like just watch it. All right. Yeah, you'll okay. probably have Let's... to pay two ninety nine on Amazon Prime. But Nothing. hey, <laughs> we've uh, we we've paid more for less. I'm sure. Um, that is so. I, I I need to play Sigmund Freud for a second, just for one mm-hmm. moment here. Um, you wrote a book about zombies. Mm-hmm. I know that you also have uh, a live stream about The Walking Dead. Oh God, yeah, yeah, and uh, and now you're talking about. Do you think that your obsession with zombies comes from your parents' realist obsession with a guy that came back from the dead? Is it possible? No. no. Okay. No. I mean, because here's the thing. Okay. We started for the 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 walking the bitching dead is what is <laughs> what that yes. webcast is called. Yeah. Uh, we started that because um, the website. I I don't really write for them anymore because I don't have time, mm-hmm. but I do still do like webcasts and stuff with them, and that being one of them, uh, it was me like myself and my friends Fareed and Becca, who we were all just like constantly complaining about the walking dead together. And then we're like, why don't we just start a webcast where we complain about the walking dead. And then it became also fear the walking dead and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Well, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring this interview back from the dead in terms of uh, back to being a step parent. Uh, I, it just, I'm, I'm wondering if you had to identify, you know, if, if there's a step parent that's listening to this and thinking like, like, yo, I have not had it this easy, uh, you know, because obviously everyone's situation is different. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's a lot of step parents who come into this role and they're not accepted quite as easily um, as you were. And, you know, the transition is not as smooth. Um there's certain things you have no control over, right? Uh, in in the whole thing, but what things that you've done um, that you're conscious of, do you think uh, have led to the success that you've, you know, you know, had at this point? Um, I mean, I think that just being accepting of the kids as they are, without 
So I, I, you know, and again, I've, I've been lucky in that Dean has continued to take the sort of, uh, telling them what to do role. I don't want to say, I don't want to put it any worse than that, you know, right. like reminding them to do their chores and stuff like that. Um, like he doesn't put you in a position to have to be the disciplinarian basically. Right. Right. That said, I mean, if it really came down to it and I had to, I would, I, right. I haven't. I, and, and a lot of that, like, listen, I know I've been really freaking lucky. Like I've been yeah. lucky that, these are two generally really good kids, you know, that I don't have to worry about. I, I, I mean, I don't have to worry about a lot of disciplinarian stuff. Um, you know, I, I think my biggest issue is like, they don't help around the house. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it's I like think, most kids, right? <laughs> I mean. Well, no I mean, that's not the way I was raised. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that with them, it's a lot of what I have gathered from things that happened when Dean's relationship with his ex ended was that neither one of them was a disciplinarian in that respect in terms of like if things weren't done she just did them and then she resented dean for not Not helping not even not helping but just not also like not being the like not not, disciplining the kids yeah not disciplining the kids even though she never asked him to do that or like yeah yeah she just she just did things and she just did things um, gotcha. like it's, yeah. it's great that they know to do their own laundry and stuff, but, um, you know, what about the dishes? What about sweeping downstairs? What about, you know, just the, the basic things that it's like, we all live in this home and we all should have a part in keeping it clean mm-hmm. and livable, et cetera. Um, and I also, I came, you know, I, I, I've had to kind of dial back my idea of clean because oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my god i wish you, I, I wish you could have toddlers for a day because nope. then nope. It would, I, know, nope. I, I know you've already said like that's not your thing you don't want it but i wish you could just be like because it's all about just you know having that uh it will help you appreciate probably teens you know because oh my god yeah i can't even tell you the stuff that i clean up on any given day and where i clean it out of and what i'm cleaning i mean it's just it's it, it's depressing it's depressing oh, I, mean, I think that their mom used to clean their bathroom for them and i don't know that for sure but it's become like a thing because Ben is the only one that cleans their bathroom. And I have seen how disgusting it gets just from walking by it. And I'm just like, I ain't touching that shit. That ain't my job. Yeah. That ain't a common area, man. Have fun with that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like boys are also a little bit, you know, a little more lax in that area, in an area. Oh, it only area. gets clean when Ben's girlfriend is coming to stay. So. For sure. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, that's why it's like, <laughs> you know, uh, that sounds like, you know, most of the guys that I 
you know, grew up with and went to college with. So it sounds pretty typical. I don't, I, I don't want to generalize, but that sounds pretty typical. Um, and then I, you know, my, I guess my, my last question before we go on the, to some of the challenges you face, which it, it doesn't sound like, you know, there's been a lot, but I'm sure there are some, um, is what's been your proudest moment as a stepmom? Um, I mean, honestly, probably just, uh, accepting them for who they are. Um, I mean, particularly Camden, um, again, not that there were issues really as, I mean, as far as we know with him coming out to his biological mom, but, um, I, I, I really think that just, and also I think that I'm kind of the, uh, what's the word for it? Like, Dean is is his dad, right? And Dean can be uh he, he's a he's a fuck, fucking amazing dad. But it's also like this is my dad and ugh, I'm frustrated with him or whatever and I can be kind of the you know, middle person between mm-hmm. the two of them. Like kind like of saying conscientious objector kind of yeah like kind of saying like yes you're right like your dad didn't handle this as well as he could or should have but also here's where i think you know you have to see it from your dad's side yeah yeah exactly uh, uh, like i think i've been okay with that um i i think in the entire time i've been here little over a year there's been like two times that cam has been like upset with me about you know, being that middle person, but he's never like, even, even if he got upset with me, he has always like walked it back, like very soon after that. So I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think, I hope that I'm good at this thing <laughs> of being like, you know, like, it sounds I don't, like you're I'm doing not the disciplinarian, yeah. I'm not the disciplinarian, but also you know, and, and I might not agree exactly with how your dad handled this, but also, you know, you left the dishes sitting in the sink for three days because your one chore is to empty the dishwasher. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that was, uh, yeah, I, I, I who did it, but I can relate because I've been guilty of not uh, emptying the dishwasher myself. Um, and I think that's a nice transition into, uh, a, you know, a, a question I have for you is, have you had the, you're not my real mom moment with any of the kids? Cam, no. you, you, you had mentioned you guys have had a couple moments, but okay. So they've never been like, you're not my real mom. No, because it has been, <laughs> you know, very clear from day one, like I'm yeah. Tara I'm, I'm, you know, your, I'm your stepmom <laughs> and like, we're going to treat this like a separate relationship. Like it's a friendship. It's, uh, it's a guardianship, but it's not a, like, I, and, and again, a lot of this is, it's only been a, a little over a year. So I haven't 
gotten into the whole like having to be the disciplinarian. I'm dreading the fact that eventually I will probably have to be that person when it comes to like helping out around the house and stuff. Cause like, I can't, I can't put that on Dean for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure when that, when, when that tide breaks, to be honest, but um, I, I, I mean, yeah, th- there's not been a, you're not, I I've never expected them to call me mom right. and I, uh, well, I not mean, even that you would, but sometimes, you know, I, I think, again, my my idea of it is very based on movies that I've seen, yeah. right? And so there's always this moment where the stepmom has to do what you're saying is like, you know, you haven't had to, but you know it's coming down the road. You're going to have to be a disciplinarian or you have to be the person who puts their foot down. Um, yeah, and, and then <laughs> not looking that, forward to that. Yeah, and then it's like, you know, you're not... Um, and here's the, you know, silver lining, you know, and, and we've hit this a couple of times camps 15, you know, you, it, yes, that means you have at least three years. Um, so it's more, it's a hundred percent going to happen. You're going to have to play that role. You're going to wear those shoes. You're going to, but you know, it's not like you're in my shoes where I have a, you know, a three and a half year old and a two year old and they're already hooligans. I mean, uh, I I need to have an episode. I was just thinking about this today as I'm like looking down the, you know, the list of episodes. I I just need to have an episode of like fucked up shit that Shep is into right now. My three and a half year old son, the things that he likes are so disturbing to me um, as far as. Dude, uh, hello. Yeah, I did. the Minecraft thing, the screaming, the screaming oh, teenagers, the, and also when I, when I go home and I, I was hanging out with my like three, three and a half year old niece a lot the last time I was home and she's watching these videos and it's literally just people playing with toys of like, yes. and stuff. And I'm like, yes. what are you watching? What is this? Do you want to, okay. So I've come to two depressing realities. One is my kid, Shep. My oldest son is prop is maybe going to be a psycho. Um, so I mean, I don't know if anyone out there is familiar with Five Five Nights with Freddy. It's, uh-huh. I, okay, so he loves these things. I just these little action or you know I call them action figures. He got all these little toys that that's what he's most obsessed with now. And then this other it's it's a YouTube channel. Um, I don't actually know if it's called Piggy, but it's these two kids. And they're chased around their house by their, I assume this has to be, I'm praying it's their parents, but they wear these like uh, weird outfits and they have these piggy masks and like uh, play bats. It's so weird, but the one thing that actually legitimizes it or justifies it in my mind is that they have merchandise, like there's toys for all this stuff. So Shep, of course, is into the weirdest toys in the world. That's what he wants. That's what he has. That's what he's obsessed with right now. So we're going to have like an episode of just like fucked up shit Shep's into right now. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just like, uh, he, he's wild. I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that original statement, but. Uh, well, just like the, the, your kids are into weird shit that you're just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, it is. He's a wild dude. He's a wild dude. And like I said, I've just, um, oh yeah, no, I think where I was starting off with is just like the fact that I have, you know, I'm 16 years in with Solo and another 
you know, 12 in with Shep before I can even remotely justify kicking him out of the house. I mean, I've played Cards Against Humanity with these children, so. Oh, so, you know, like, they're. (laughs) A lot, a lot. Well, and I I mean, at some point. Like, all they want to play. Yeah, offline, I want to know some of the topics of conversation you and Ben hit in New Orleans, because I imagine it got deep. I imagine it got deep and weird and hopefully great. Um, so yeah, I had a couple other questions about the challenges, but it, it you know, like it was also, I did, I didn't know a ton of the backstory about, uh, bio mom. And then after learning it, it kind of answers a lot of those. And I don't think we can really even, uh, I mean, I can, I can touch yeah. on it. Um, they're loyal to their father. Okay. Right. Like yeah. they're loyal to their father. I think that has been one of the biggest things that has made this easy for me is that at both of them at separate times in separate ways several times have made comments to their dad about how they see how happy we are together how affectionate we are how much we enjoy each other you know mm-hmm. just being around each other whatever um that you know <laughs> they they never experienced that they never viewed, right. they, they never saw that with him and, and their biological mother. So I think that's also a big part of them accepting me is that whatever issues they might have with me now in the past, in the future, I don't know, um, which I, as far as I know, neither of them have yeah. any major issues with me, but um, a big part of their acceptance of me is that there was a lot of bad stuff that happened with their parents and they see that Dean is very happy with me and that's what matters to them. Do they ever tease you guys about your affection? Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, probably more Camden than Ben. He's always like, you guys are gross. Cause he see he's around more like Ben, like he works weird hours. And also when he's not home, when he is home, he's like with his girlfriend sometimes or just whatever. But like, yeah, Camden's always like, oh, you guys are gross. Uh, But you know, it's, it's all in like good fun. Like, um, Obviously, we're never inappropriate around the children. I think I think back to the first time I ever visited. No, it was the second time. I, I think it was the second time. So the first time I visited Dean, we stayed in a hotel because uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. This is like 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 it was a mile yeah. and a half away, and I was right. like, I'm not. I've never met your kids before. I'm not staying because sure. it was also he had to go to work one of the days I was here, and I was like. Mm. No, I, I'm not going to sit in your house like with your kids. This is weird. Um, but the second time I came and visited, uh, I think I we were we were watching a movie or something, and I like sat on his lap and was like making out with him. And Camden came downstairs, and I was oh. immediately like, "Whoosh! <laughs> no, that didn't happen." <laughs> like no that did not happen you didn't just catch us doing this so you know back to high school days yeah 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 but so yeah there's a there's a little bit of teasing but it's all for sure you know all in good fun oh that's awesome well tara that's all i really had for you 
again, thank you for coming on. This was awesome. I really appreciate your time. And for all of you who are listening, uh, go to our uh, YouTube channel or go to our Instagram account and give us a subscribe, give us a follow. You can see pictures of Tara Lynn and uh, her beautiful husband, Dean. I have a little bit of a man crush on Dean. Just uh, again, I'm an admirer from afar. Very handsome man. Uh, You can tell him I said that. You guys can see them cosplay from uh, the video game that brought them together and breathes love into life. Uh, and inspired the location of their wedding. Um, If you listen to the podcast, you are familiar with all that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Popcast, take us away.